Today is Thursday, January 25th, 2024, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. All right, today we get into Acts 15. So for those people who have issues with Paul saying stuff, um, you shouldn't. He just says the same stuff everyone else in the Bible says. But some people have issues with Paul. So if you have issues with Paul, read uh, Acts 15, starting at verse 1. Uh, Peter says the same stuff Paul says. So we talk about, uh, you know, not keeping the law, why we're not bound to keep the law of Moses uh, because we're in Christ. Peter makes this case. So if you don't like Paul, check out Peter. Don't know why you'd have a problem with Paul unless you're in a cult. I said what I said. So uh, is smoking a sin? We talk about that with our special guest, Veckel, um, about whether or not smoking is a sin. Smoking what? Well, all of it really, but I mean, you know, let's talk about cigarettes in particular. Is it a sin? Then we talk about sexism and silence with uh, Steph and Veckel about, you know, the, the dreaded women and authority over a man in church and speaking and remain silent. So we get into that, and it's a good conversation. And then we talk about, can God laugh? Does God have a sense of humor? Does uh, humor imply that you have to have surprise? If you have surprise, God couldn't laugh because God can't be surprised because God knows everything, right? Maybe not. I mean, I think so. God totally knows all things. But, um, you know, there may be a challenger, so stay tuned and listen. Anyway, then we end up talking about uh, superheroes and Marvel movies <laughs> for like 10 minutes because uh, we're bored. All right, everyone have an awesome day. Check out the Ask a Christian podcast store. Um, all these links are in the podcast description. And you can check out the Ask a Christian book available on Amazon. The link is also in the description. Uh, Help us out. Support us. We appreciate it uh, while we share the gospel with people on the internet. Take care. See you later. Let's start the day off with a little Bible reading, shall we? Maybe we should do that here from time to time. So as if we needed another Bible verse to uh, talk about the law. Like, that's the thing. It's like, you know, I mean, the Bible is so great. Um for so many things, if, if you could just like have like, a, I don't know, some like AI helper, like, I mean, it's, it pretty much does. Um, except whenever I'm, whenever I'm talking on this, I can't like speak to my AI. So it's a lot harder to like type in my stupid phone while I'm also trying to like, you know, run this room. Um, but if you could just like, there's an answer for everything. I mean, there really is. And there's lots of answers for the same thing. So, so it's really, um, you can expound on it a lot, but Every time people talk about the law, you know, we go through the same stuff and really Galatians, like just all of it, like especially like Galatians 4 and 5 is like, oh, why don't you Christians keep the law, blah, 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 just read Galatians, read it, read it. But then there's other little things too, like, you know, everyone knows about like Acts 15, right? Like we're, um, where it talks about towards the end of it, where we always cite like, well, hey, look, uh, the Bible says, you know, if you don't drink uh, blood and food offered to demons and abstain from sexual immorality and stuff like that, you'll do well. But Today I was reading the first part of Acts 15, and it just gave a little more context because it's like, dude, every time there's someone who's not a Christian, I, I, I if I, I gotta do a book about this or something. It's like you are a Christian, or you are, for all intents and purposes, you're taking the role of the Pharisee. It doesn't matter if you're agnostic or different religion or an atheist or whatever. Like you are a Pharisee. Like, listen, to, I'm just going to read some of this. Like, I usually don't read that many verses, but I'm going to read some of these and just think, like, does this describe, like, all the atheists and agnostics and non-Christians who ask these same questions? They're Pharisees. Anyway, but some of the men came down, Acts 15, starting in verse 1. But some men came down from Judea and were teaching to uh, the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Um, 
And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them, Paul and Barnabas and some of the others who were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders, um, they went up about this question. So, being sent on their way by the church, they passed through both, uh, hard to say names, Pronsonia and Samaria, uh, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles, and uh, it brought great joy to all the brothers. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they all declared that God alone um, had done this to them, that some believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees rose up and said, it is necessary to circumcise them and to order them to keep the law of Moses. Dun, dun, dun. The apostles and the elders were gathered together uh, to consider this matter. And after there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said, Peter, so those who have an issue with, uh, with Paul, Peter said this. Those who think Peter is the first pope, your pope said this. Anyways, um, Peter stood up and said to them, brothers, you know that in the early days, God made a choice among you that by the mouth of the Gentiles, um, they should hear the word of the gospel and believe that by my mouth, the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us. And he made no distinction among us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith, by faith, by works, by faith. Now, therefore, why are you putting God to the test, placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? But we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. Um, the assembly fell silent. I guess the point's been made, but I'm going to finish this up. The assembly fell silent, and they listened to Barnabas and Paul as they related the signs and wonders of what God had done through them among the Gentiles. After they finished speaking, James replied, Brothers, listen to me. Uh, Simeon has related how... Uh, God first visited the Gentiles to take them away from, uh, to take from them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as written. Um, oh, I want to skip, but, you know, context. Almost done, I promise. After this, uh, just as is written, after this, I will return and I will rebuild the tent of David that has fallen. I will rebuild its ruins and I will restore it, that the remnant of mankind may seek the Lord and, the, and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who makes these things known from old. Therefore, my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who turn to God, but should write to them to abstain from the things polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, and from what has been strangled, and from blood. Uh, for from ancient generations, Moses has had in every city those who proclaim him, for he has read every Sabbath in the synagogues. So there's another place where it talks about, you know, the same the same few criteria, like abstain from sexual immorality, uh, blood, things offered to idols or demons. Um, anyway, so there you go. If anyone needed another reason that the Bible says don't follow the law um, of Moses, there you go. And that's from Peter. So, you know, whether you're Hebrew roots or Hebrew Israelite and you're like, Paul is bad. We don't like Paul. OK, well, Peter says it, too. So there you go. All right, classroom. Amen to that. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the reasons why I think a lot of uh, cults don't like uh, the writings of Paul, because they want to uh, appeal to, you know, keeping the law. And Paul, uh, you know, was some aspects of the law anyway. And uh, they don't like when when Paul talks about, uh, you know, liberty in Christ. You know, and as you read it here in Acts chapter 15. You know, the uh, you know the uh, you know there was the believing Jews that were teaching the the Gentiles that they had to keep some of the traditions of Moses and stuff in order to be saved. 
I think Paul referred to these people as uh, the Judaizers. And uh, the Gentiles who had never practiced the law of Moses still were able to receive the Holy Spirit because they believed, because they believed in Jesus. So therefore, it wasn't needed for them to keep the law of Moses in order for them to be saved. So, but you still see the exhortation to the Gentiles to abstain from idols, fornication, you know, from strangled animals and blood and stuff like that. You know, I think there's a moral aspect to it. So that's why these things were emphasized even to them who are, who are Gentiles, who are Gentile believers. So, um, so I, I guess, uh, yeah, man, this, that's, that's a good thing that you uh, bring this up. It's part of this nutritious breakfast. And that's the thing, right? Like, um, Man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word from the mouth of God. I mean, and that's just it. It's like, how long has it been since I've read the beginning of Acts 15? I don't know. Quite a while. Like, I go to the middle of it a lot. (laughs) I mean, I go to the middle of it a a lot. But, you know, it's been a while since I I read the first part, and I'm like, it's right there. I'm like, gosh, instead of all this, like, you know, finagling and being like, well, look, the Bible says in this passage, and it says in this passage, it's like, oh, look, it lays out, like, the exact answer to your exact question. Like, I, I got to remember that. Like, I, I, we just got to have our memory. The next person's like, why don't Christians follow the law? You know, the Bible says you got to follow the law. Why don't Christians follow the law? It's like, instead of me trying to answer my own words, it's like, here, hold on. Let me just read what the Bible says. <laughs> That's right. The yeah, majority of these people, they, they, they don't, maybe some of them don't realize it. Some of them do. But they're, they're really, what, they're really, what it really boils down to with these individuals is that they're, re, they're looking to receive the praises of men. That's really what it boils down to. Because if they, they could do all these good works and nobody knows about it, they, these people will never be happy. They'll still try to act like legal, you know, legalists and try to go around shoving this stuff down people's throat. But I think the real reason why they do it is because they want to receive the praise of men. They want to receive... Uh, salvation as a wage instead of it being given to them freely. And uh, that's what I see the commonality between the, the black Hebrew Israelites, the Jehovah's Witnesses, the Mormons, even even some you know, Catholic, some aspect of Catholicism. It's all about, hey, look at me. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm a pious person. And uh, you need to be like me. Follow me. You know, I'm the third person, uh, I'm the fourth person of the Trinity. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. That, that's the impression I get for some of these individuals when I talk to them about the law. That or it's just, I mean, they're just indoctrinated. Like if the if the indoctrination got them before, you know, they wandered into like a, um, you know, Christian church or, or they read the Bible for themselves and they wander into a camp that like indoctrinates them specifically like against the bible or to read it a very certain way instead of just like here here's the bible open it and start reading it's like no 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 no. here's our guide it's like it's like a video game like how how you get like you know how you get walkthrough guides so you don't have to think for yourself it's like uh, i I, I used to to do that a lot like i I like the games but like man this is way too complicated and like all these cool like easter eggs and side quests and it's like stuff that there's no way you could figure out on your own um without some help um the Bible, I, I think maybe that's not a great analogy because, I mean, it's pretty obvious, I believe, if you just read it. But if someone just, like, uh, you know, throws the Bible in your lap and also, like, a, a walkthrough guide and you, you don't question it, you're just like, okay, I'm going to start reading the Bible and I'm going to use this walkthrough guide, too. It's like, okay, 
and and what do you do? Like, you know, I used to read the walkthrough guide before I would play the game. So like I'd, I'd be ready to start. And I'm like, okay, before I start, I don't want to make a wrong move. So let's let's read all of chapter one and see what I'm supposed to do. So I'd read chapter one and then I'm like, okay, now let's go back to the beginning. I I know what it says I'm supposed to do. Let's follow this guide. And then I'd make all the right turns, do all the right codes or whatever. And so if people do that with like, you know, their precept package, and it's like, okay, precept package says I gotta read this way. Okay, I've never read First Kings before, but I read this precept package and it told me how to read First First Kings. So now I'm gonna go to read First Kings. And it's like, oh, I, I gotta read First Kings like, you know, 17 and then i gotta go to like luke 7 and then i gotta go to you know like philemon or whatever and, and you just skip around it's like no just just read first kings read it all read it all and like, you're trying and it seems like it's it's like the the inverse of what they're doing is happening they're like no you're just trying to confuse me with your christian ways i'm like dude we're just saying read the book like a book start at the beginning and just read it <laughs> it's like the people that are having you like skip around and like cherry pick if you don't get the, the obvious nature that that is kind of bending you to their will, I guess there's no helping short of like divine intervention, which I mean, is what it always is anyway, right? No one could come to the father unless the spirit draws them. But I mean, we don't, we don't need to like complicate that for them. Right. What do you think, Steph? Yep. Oh, or Vuk? No, no, you go ahead. Go. I've got a, a kid situation. I'm listening. <laughs> situation all right oh, yeah, we're gonna yeah. Yeah, we, can we, we need we need a steph's kid situation bingo card um it, it's gonna be like a rash a poopy diaper um like some kind of spilled spilled food are we close or refusal to get up and get ready for school maybe oh yeah yeah that was one <laughs> I, I think was it steph that had like the defiant kid who was like refusing to like get dressed and go to school one day yeah, that was my daughter yesterday. Oh, how'd that go? What was the result? And just, just kept telling her that I'll put her back in a cage without a change in newspaper. So, Official position of asking questions: Don't put kids in cages. Oh wait a minute! Did I say that out loud? Shoot. That's for Democrats at the border. What? Um. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, brother. I did it. <laughs> um. Well, Venkel, there was a question yesterday. Someone had. Um. Is smoking a sin? No, I hope not. Wait, smoking one. You... All right, wait. Yeah. Do you smoke? Does, is Steph a smoker on top of everything else? Is Steph a smoker? I was. No, I just I vape now. That counts as quitting. Wait, you what? <laughs> yeah. Wait, I said I vape one. now. That counts as quitting. You vape now? That's probably worse. Uh, it's not. Yeah, I heard vaping totally is worse because it's more it's... concentrated. <sighs> no, that is false. <laughs> Do, do you really want some education on this or no? Uh, you do with your kid. You can educate us in a minute. Let, let's deal with the sin part. Um, so you, you do with your kid. You we'll, smell we'll like about it, vaping in a minute. I don't think it. All right, Michael. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's a good question. Um, Wait, are we talking about cigarettes or weed? Uh, well, cigarettes. Let's pick, the, let's, pick the, let's pick the furthest away from sin. So smoking cigarettes or vaping. Just throw that in there. It may as well. Whatever. I don't think you're going to go to hell for it, but uh, you smell like you came from there, but... Uh. Yeah, I mean, so the, I obvious, the, the, the obvious the obvious things to point out from the Bible is it's definitely not one of the 613 commandments that we're not required to keep anyway. It's not even one of those. Um, so this, this would fall, like, there's biblical principles, right? Like, the last part of Romans 14 
uh, it starts off talking about food, but it ends up saying anything not done from faith is sin. So knowing to do good and not doing it is sin. So the the way to yeah. the bar for sin is incredibly low. It's very easy to sin. So anything not done from faith. So it's like a glass of wine, right? Like even the Bible permits a little bit of alcohol. Like, it, you know, it says uh, Paul even recommends it a little bit for um, Was it Timothy who had an upset stomach? And he's like, get or something wrong with the right. stomach. He's like, get, give him a little wine. Uh, you know, Jesus turning water into wine. It was not grape juice. So even the Bible permits alcohol use. It just uh, calls it a sin if you become drunk. So if you cross that line to become drunk, now you have sinned with alcohol. So um, to talk about cigarettes, so or the last part of Romans 14, it says anything not done from faith is sin. So if someone says, well, the Bible says I can drink alcohol. Um, I just can't get drunk. And someone's like, oh, okay, you want half a glass of wine? And they're like, oh, no, no, I, I feel convicted. I know the Bible says I, I can drink but not get drunk, but I, I, I just don't feel like I can do it anyways. I just feel weird about alcohol. So, no, I, I don't want any alcohol. Um, so that person who feels convicted, because we're told that as Christians, we have the Holy Spirit living in us, guiding us in all, all understanding and truth. So if you're convicted, we believe that's God, like, you know, pulling you in a certain direction. So for that person that that knows being drunk is not uh, being drunk is a sin, but a little alcohol is not a sin in the Bible. If they violate their own conscience and have that half a glass of wine for them, that is a sin because the Bible says anything not done from faith is a sin. So if you feel like you shouldn't do it and you do it anyways, that's a sin. Um, so if, if you are convicted about smoking, if you're like, well, it's not a direct commandment. I can't smoke this thing that's going to be invented thousands of years in the future. Um, so it's not a command. I can't do it. But I know it is not good for my body. It would be objectively better if I didn't put this stuff into my body. Um, and I know that, you know, the Bible also says my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So, you know cleanliness is next to godliness and you know probably that goes for eating and all that other stuff too like you know being a sloth or a glutton uh, is a sin <laughs> so if people are obese and just constantly eating like unhealthy trash uh, does that mean like a double bacon wrapped cheeseburger every now and then is a sin well no unless that person feels convicted and if they feel convicted that they shouldn't eat that and they do well, then it's a sin. But I mean, it's not like you're going to be grossly unhealthy if you do that like once every six months. But if you do that three times a day, um, I, I think you're probably going to cross the line into like gluttony and like sloth and like, you know, being this like picture of, oh, my gosh, the Bible may not. Uh, and, and even if you don't cross into what the Bible calls gluttony or sloth as a sin, um, you know that if you do this stuff on a regular basis, it's still not a healthy choice and your body is still the temple of the Holy Spirit. That being said, I am not a Herculean picture of perfection. So, you know, I, I do eat junk food. I, I, I used to smoke like 15 or more years ago now, but I smoked for probably 10 or 15 years. And then I quit because, well, I got to the point where I was like waking up just like coughing. I had like super shortness of breath. And I'm like, wow, I'm killing myself. I'm like, this is awful. Um, and, and that that was that wasn't even like a sin issue. Um, you know, because I'd already rationalized. I'm like, well, I don't feel guilty or I don't feel convicted about it. Like, you know, I'm trying to cut back because so it was ultimately the health reasons. I didn't feel a super conviction that smoking for me was a sin or something. Um, but I'm like, well, if my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, then I mean, logically, I should want to keep it as healthy as it can be. Right. So that that was anyway, between that and just general health stuff, and like shortness of breath, I didn't like I'm like, this is awful. Um, I, I quit smoking, got awful headaches for like two weeks. Uh, took Excedrin to help wean me off of it and like, you know, keep the headaches at bay. And it was like a miserable two weeks. And then I never went back. Um, but I mean, I still, you know, if someone puts a pack of Oreos in front of me, like, let's talk about that. 
<laughs> so I, I still have to like watch what I eat and diet and stuff like that because I, I don't want to, I'm rambling, but you guys get what I'm saying. Veckel, can you condense me? Yeah. Yeah. What? Well, yeah. 100%. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, you covered Romans 14. There's a, there's an issue of personal conviction versus causing your brother and sister to stumble as well. Um, the smoking thing, uh, I mean, there's no physical uh, benefit from it except uh, that which a, a smoker takes, advan- uh, takes advantage of uh, temporarily. Um, so I think the same thing with, with drinking. I mean, if, you know, being drunk can sometimes feel good, but, you know, that's obviously, you know, you know, something that's uh, condemned. So, uh, but the smoking thing, yeah, I mean, there's nothing in scripture, you know, covering that particularly. So I don't know. I don't know what to say. I would say that since it's not good for the body, it's not good for your temple. Um, it's obviously not recommended by God himself, but is it permitted? And is it a sin to do it? I, I don't know, to be honest. I, um, I mean, it's, yeah, I would yeah. say it's a total Romans 14 issue because there's so much stuff yeah. that's black and white in the Bible that when there's like yeah. gray areas, like it's Romans 14 all day long. Like, and, and, you know, don't just be like, well, Oh, you know, okay, I feel good about it. I mean, you know, the Bible says in Timothy, like, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So be conscious, be mindful, like, really be serious about it. Be like, okay, sincerely, I'm killing myself. I'm taking years off my life for me, my family, my kids. Even if I come to the conclusion it's not a sin, is this something I want to do? And if it is, if you're like, uh, you know, like, I got my kids to 18. They're adults now. It's fine. Whatever. Um, I don't feel like it's a sin. So puff, puff, pass. Then I mean, you know, that's, that's your that's that's your decision. Wait, now let um, me let me ask you this though. Now, now, now we're speaking about so, uh, soteriologically speaking. Oh man, that's a mouthful there. But what about temporally? For example, in uh, amongst the congregation. Now, do you think it's legalistic for me to say, "Hey, a pastor shouldn't smoke"? If a pastor has an issue with cigarette smoking. And maybe they need to step down or they need to not take the position of pastor. Um, w- uh, would you be opposed to that? You know, that's that's a, actually a really, uh, really interesting point, because I went to a church um, mm-hmm. and, and uh, the pastor actually lost his license to preach. It was with the Assemblies of God. And he got caught smoking cigarettes <laughs> um, one time. So he was a pastor. He was an older guy. Um he had pastored this church for years and years and he said he, he got caught. So I don't know what that means. If he was like, no, I totally don't smoke. And he was like lying and got caught or if it was just the act of smoking himself, but he lost his license for like two or three years because of cigarettes. Um, and eventually, you know, he got his license back and began pastoring again. So whenever I, I went to that church, uh, this had already happened. So he told that story sometimes. Um, so, all the drama was done, and he was back, restored, being a pastor again uh, the whole time I was at that church. And he's a really good guy and a really good pastor. I, I liked him. Um, but I always thought when I heard that, I'm like, man, that's a little heavy-handed. Um, I, no, I, I don't – I mean, I may not like it, but I mean, personally, I don't like it when anyone smokes around me because, you know, I'm like, well, I quit. I don't like the smell. So, uh, you know, just, just keep your distance and we'll be fine. So, I mean, the Bible does give qualifications for pastors, and it says that, you know, you need to be respected in your community. So um, 30 years ago, I, I guess culture and things change with the times. So if your community, you know, respects child sacrifice, well, that's breaking God's law, and, you know, don't worry about being respected in that regard. But, you know, 30 years ago, no one really batted an eye about cigarettes, so I think you could smoke cigarettes and, you know, be just fine in your community. 
I think today it, it's still probably not enough that people wouldn't respect you, but it's it's a lot more like health conscience now. So even if it's not a religion based thing, um, you know, the culture is typically like smoking's bad. And, and like the furthest they will go is like if you want to smoke um, vape or something like that. So I, I, that's a good question. I guess it's really subjective. So if you're in a body or a denomination with like, you know, church oversight and they decide that th that's not respectable in your community, so you can't be a pastor, then I guess I defer to them. And if you disagree, just, you know, be an independent pastor. Like that's another thing. Like no one needs qualifications yeah. or ordination from other men to be a pastor. If you feel called by God to preach, um, you know, that's like someone else. Are, are they here right now? Uh, I don't think so. But it's like someone else once said, you know, they wanted to be a pastor. They felt like it was their calling, but like, I guess the denomination they wanted to affiliate with um, wouldn't let them not, not for like religious reasons, but because they, they didn't like meet their standards of like, um, uh, whatever the requirements were, like uh, scholarship or education or degrees or diplomas or stuff like that. And so they wouldn't let them in. And I'm like, well, forget all. And they're like, well, I guess I just can't preach. I'm like, what? Forget that. No. I'm like, you, you go stand right. in a corner and preach. Like, you don't need um, man's approval to preach. Like, if God calls you to preach, go do it. You may not have, like, you know, a fancy building or a certain denomination attached to your uh, suit coat, but that doesn't matter. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Yeah, yeah. Um, I totally agree with that 100%. You know, the congregation, uh, I would say individually has uh, their right to run things how they want, so long as if it's not in contrast, direct contrast to God's will in scripture. Um, but yeah, if they want to, you know, do communion every week, uh, every Sunday, let them do it. If they want to do it once a month, let them do it, you know. Uh, you know, if they want to allow uh, Calvinists and Armenians to preach from the same pulpit, uh, Hey, let them do it. You know, that's fine. You know, <laughs> as long as it's uh, not causing any type of mass confusion uh, in the in that particular congregation, or you know, there's no, you know, whatever. Uh, what was the word? I, I don't know. You know, people ill will towards whatever. Yeah. You know, everybody's in some sort of agreement, and you know, you have the freedom to just get up and leaving. And, and you know, maybe this is not the congregation for me. I'm gonna go somewhere else. Um, the smoking thing. You're smoking pastors. To me, I kind of put that up to par with the Romans 14 issue. Uh, if you you have a higher accountability as a leader of the church, so uh, I had to step away. So I don't know if you covered this or not already, but I would say that the pastor, uh, any type of pos uh, spiritual position amongst the body of Christ, you should not uh, you, you you should avoid those things. Um, you should not congratulate those things. You should not be practicing those things. I think that if you're going to be the, a leader of a church, whether it's, you know, Sunday school teacher or pastor, um, you, should, you shouldn't be smoking, shouldn't be drinking. Uh, because of Romans 14, there's a possibility that you could inspire someone else who's trying to get away from those things to get back into doing those things. Let me just uh, land my plane by saying this one little story here. There's one time I've, I heard that this church used to go to that we had these individual Bible study groups that happened throughout the week. And the one group that I wanted to be a part of was my pastor. He had his own little group on Thursdays. And I was told that he actually, when he allows people to come into his house to, to do a Bible study, he, uh, he gives them all kinds of drinks, coffee, you know, you know, regular drinks, but he also allowed them to have a beer. And when I heard that, I was like, nah, that's, that's kind of a bad idea. I wouldn't do that. I mean, I don't, have a problem with people drinking alcohol. However, you don't know what type of individuals have a past with alcohol 
that you're allowing in your house. And uh, to me, that opens the door to kind of uh, stumbling them. You know, they may say, you know, I shouldn't drink that beer. But then every Tuesday that they go to their pastor's house and they see that beer sitting there, uh, that could open up the door for them to get back into their road of alcoholism. And uh, so I think uh, as a pastor, he shouldn't do that. He should not be, he should not offer any type of alcohol for anybody that's coming to his Bible study. And again, I'm not condemning the drinking of alcohol because I think it's perfectly fine. But you don't, but for another individual who might have come from that lifestyle of alcoholism and wants to stop it, you're kind of uh, contributing to stumbling them if you got that in their face every Tuesday, you know. And so that's why, you know, going back to the smoking thing, I, I think kind of the same thing applies. I don't think a pastor should be smoking. I don't think a, uh, a choir director should smoke or a Sunday school teacher should smoke. And I apologize for the dog barking in the background. Yeah, I was wondering if you're being like home invaded right now. <laughs> like, yeah, she, is, there an, yeah. is there an intruder or is it just, are you neglecting the puppy? Does it need food? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my wife's getting ready to take the dog out, so. <laughs> or, or is it mad that you threw your kid in the cage and not the dog? It's like, that's my home. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, we had, an, we had another pastor. Gosh, I've been to a lot of churches. I traveled a lot. Uh, another pastor, like they had that same uh, stance. And, you know, he's like, well, look, I know the Bible says, you know, not to be drunk. And, you know, we could have a little bit of wine. And I, I don't remember. I think he said like, even he, he and his wife may have a little bit of wine at their home sometimes. Um, but he's like, anytime we go out and we're like in a public place in a restaurant, it's like we, we never order alcohol because we don't want someone from church to, you know, see us across the way or, you know, someone that like what you said, like, you know, was like a recovering uh, alcoholic or had issues or temptations. And they saw us and thought, oh, well, the pastor's doing it. I guess it's OK because uh, they didn't want to do anything that could cause, you know, like that Bible verse that talks about not calling doing anything that can cause your brother to stumble. Um, so that's what they said. And I thought, OK, well, that's that's wise. That's responsible. Um, you know, maybe putting an undue burden upon themselves, but you know, that that's probably a good thing, I guess. I mean, as a pastor of a church, if, if they want to do that, like set that example to, you know, it's one more way of coming out from the world and, you know, come out from among them. So I think that's good in the interest of not causing anyone who may or may not see them to stumble. Um, well, Steph, I believe we're ready after we've had our gondola conversation for you to tell us how uh, vaping is sanctioned by the Lord. Oh, um, well, that was interesting. I think I tend to agree with you, Nate, on or with you both on the Romans 14 issue. Uh, I think smoking cigarettes would be right akin with uh, eating French fries. Like there's yeah. no, yeah, like there, there's no physical benefit to this, but we do it for pleasure, right? Like even in Jesus's time, they have tasty food that's bad for you at a wedding. Like this I is read the Bible for pleasure stuff. Well, yeah, I. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's not what I mean. Like, I mean, like, I do read the Bible, but I'm good. Yes. Good for you. I'm not that French holy. fries I, I have no nutritional value. Cigarettes have no nutritional value. Both provide you an element of pleasure. So that that's the same thing to me. I suppose if you said we don't want to hire a pastor who's overweight and eats at McDonald's more than three times a week, then you could also fire a pastor for smoking. Uh, you, you'd really have to do both, I think. Uh, but most people would not. So I don't know. I, I don't know that. I don't know that smoking can be a sin just because it's bad for you. Like we do lots of things that are bad for us that are okay. You know, sitting down and watching TV instead of going for a jog is always bad for you. But 
<laughs> we're not going to fire pastors because they watch TV every night from seven to ten. Yeah. I don't know. That's just depends well, on what well, That's yeah. true. Well, well, do do a PCR. It, it, you you can see that you know science proves that. Um, remember that the meme? It, it was like Baptist the pastors Baptist are the most pastor, are, are yeah. the most beautiful men on earth because of their shape and like the golden ratio fits perfectly inside that pear shaped body. <laughs> yep. So if you're gonna fire that guy, if <laughs> you're gonna fire that, the yeah. guy for smoking, you gotta fire the French fry guy also. I mean, that would be consistent. Uh, uh, let me change this back to uh, the Bible, to women who want authority. You shall not pastor. <laughs> Made me laugh. Ha, ha, that's funny. I, I'm in this Facebook. Um, I'm in lots of Facebook, like Christian meme Facebook groups. There's this one that's like uh, Lord of the Rings Christian memes. Um, anyway. <laughs> It's all these like Lord of the Rings characters with like Christian points. It's hilarious, except recently, like, I guess people have had a lot of their girlfriends break up with them. So they're posting ones like that other females of the community find sexist. So they're like leaving the community. And I, I just, I mean, I just see, see it like happening in my feed. Like I never actually go to any of these groups. It's just like whatever shows up on my feed is what I look at and laugh at. Um, anyway, this is one of them. They're like, no, no, this is biblically accurate. Like you're a sexist, I'm leaving. Yeah, right. Steph, as I woman pastorix, um, where do you draw the line between sexism and you know God's ideal of like you know male and female roles and biblical authority? Is it a clear line or a blurry line? <laughs> My husband thinks this is a very funny question. Uh, okay, uh, I'm not a pastor. Or a pastress, or yeah, right. That's I'm not. Uh, for those of you who are unsure about that, <laughs> queen of the heretics. Girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not queen of the heathens. I like your husband. Where is he? <laughs> the worst thing He's ever. When he's here. Yeah, this is, I've been trying to get him to get an account, but he won't. So he just sits here and trolls me from the peanut gallery over there. Uh, I don't think God is sexist. Uh, right. So like, where do you draw the line between gender roles in the Bible and sexism? Like there is a lot that God is not sexist. Is right? that Facebook groups? <sighs> yeah. Somewhere in there. Um, no, God gives us roles that are, that are equally important and have an order. Right. So my husband is the head of this family. Um, but for example, at the moment, and it goes back and forth, but at the moment I happen to be the breadwinner. So this is not me usurping his role. It's like we have separate roles, but what my husband says goes. He's the head of the family. He's the spiritual leader. He's, you know, but I also married a man who's gracious enough that he gives me 50% of decision making. So it's like it, it's a delicate balance within a marriage. Um, and I think that's really where the Bible, there are two places that I see them talking about gender roles and one is in the church and the other is in a marriage. Um, so for example, I have had male employees in the past and I have no problem having authority over a male employee because I'm not married to them and they're not my pastor. Right. So I don't, I don't think that gender roles are universal in that way, the way the Bible describes it. Um, but I do submit to only a male pastor. I would not attend a church with a female pastor because that's not the role women are given. Um, and, uh, but similarly, I wouldn't submit to a pastor who's being unfaithful to his wife or struggling with an unrepentant sin, right? Pastors struggle with sin, but struggling with an unrepentant sin, you know? So, you know, all of these things in my church and in my marriage, 
I see defined roles. And in the rest of my life, like in my career at the grocery store or on Clubhouse, I'm not submitting to men, right? Okay, so there you go. <laughs> I, I think you inadvertently made an, a very Arminian point in there. You're like, a, you know, your husband, <laughs> your, your husband's the head of the house and what he says goes, but um, in, his, in his headship, he, he delegates like 50% of the decisions to you. That is not unlike our stance that, uh, you know, God is completely sovereign, 100%. What he says goes, but since what he says goes, he's like, hey, choose you this day. <laughs> Sorry, yep. Michael. Yeah. I, no, it's all good. I, I actually agree <laughs> with everything uh, Steph says. Uh, you, know, we're, we're, you know, it's a 50-50 it's a thing. Um, you know, we're, we, you know, the man is not more human or, or better than the, the woman, just that we have different roles. And I wish more women who... Uh, outside of Christianity, we try to bring these uh, accusations against us would understand that. This, this is what the Bible is clearly teaching. It's not saying that women are useless or beneath men. Um, I mean, there's, a, there's a distinction between a prescriptive text and a descriptive text. You know, some things we see in the Old Testament, we see the way things were run in a particular society, but not necessarily in alignment with what God directly commanded people to do, you know, and so they want to try to conflate the two and say, you know, this is, this is what you're supposed to do as a, you know, this is what the Bible wants you to do. It, it treats women like this. And, you know, no, far be from it. I mean, we see so many examples of women of God doing great things, you know, women with prophetesses uh, in scripture, you know, um, right. Yeah. You know, all those kinds of things. So, yeah. yeah. But and as I far think, as pastor, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. And I think there's like in the modern, like in the culture that I grew up in about teaching a little girl to become a woman, right? In the late 90s and early 2000s, there's this thing that like control and power is equality. So in order to be equal with a man, you must have, well, now it's become more control than the man because now it's even for the crimes of history or whatever. Um, and the problem, one of the many problems with that is control and power, you know, being the goal um, is is just bad. That's bad for humans. I don't care what your gender is. Uh, not being satisfied until you have control over a situation is bad for your psychology. Uh, it's led to a lot of problems uh, with mental health in first world countries as a whole. Uh, and now we're trying to learn teach people how to handle not having control because we've all been taught that that's the goal. Right. So that's an enormous problem. But then the other thing that it does specifically to women is it minimizes things like motherhood and actual femininity. So motherhood and the family structure have been so under attack that girls, in, millennial girls, and I think long before this as well, uh, have been taught that motherhood is somehow bad. It's submissive. It's settling. It's going to make you miserable. It's limiting. Um, this is not a worthwhile endeavor. Uh, but somehow being a female CEO is more a worthwhile endeavor than raising healthy children, right? So it, it's this it's this double whammy for women where, you know, we're, we're told that if motherhood is bad, then we must pursue the opposite. And what is the opposite of that? Uh, and you you it's really an attack on women in general to have that mindset. So it. Also, I mean, if the Bible really, or the you know the people in the in the Bible and Bible times and the Bible really wanted to throw its weight around and like oppress women, you're not going to go middle of the road. You're going to go all the way. So right. the greatest thing a Christian can do is not be a pastor. 
Like, it doesn't matter. It's just a role. And they give the reason, right? Like, they give the reason. It goes back to Adam and Eve and who committed the first sin. That's the reason. So it's not like men are smarter, men are better, women are dumb. Um, like, that's none of the reasoning. You don't have to guess the reasoning. Like, in that scripture where it talks about, you know, women and the pastors and, you know, um, women and authority to speak in the church, it tells you the reason. And it goes back to Adam and Eve and who was the first one to sin. Um, if somehow uh, Adam would have been the first one to sin, it very well it very well could have been that only women can be pastors and men cannot because men were the first one to sin. Um, so we'll never know. But the way it happened was, you know, technically one sin before the other, and that's where it goes back to in Genesis. But if if the Bible really wanted to, you know, have some sort of sexism, it would say something like um, the greatest thing you can do, which is the Great Commission, which is share the gospel, um, that that's something only men can do. But it doesn't. It says everyone is called to do that. So every believer in Christ is called to share the gospel and, you know, do the Great Commission because the greatest thing you could do is share the gospel. And people have this, you know, come to Jesus moment. They repent. They believe it. And they have eternal life and are forgiven of all their sins. So that's the greatest thing. So if someone wants to do the greatest thing, great. You don't need a past to be a pastor. You don't need to be a dude. You don't need to be a, a, have a title like kids can do that. Everyone can do that. Um, so the greatest thing, the gr the greatest like. Christian power position someone can have is to share the gospel. And that's something everyone not only can do, but is encouraged to do. Um, so I would say that. So being the pastor is just another role, just like women, um, you know, are called to roles that guys can't do. Yeah. And uh, the a passage that's often uh, uh, twisted by people, you know, they'll, you know, again, uh, against the Christian is the gifts of first Timothy two which says, let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. So they look at that one passage and they say, ah, see, women need to shut up, at least according to your scriptures, Christian. And if they would just read the scriptures, they would just read it, you know, practice, you know, you know, hermeneutics, read it and you know, they'll see that the Greek word there, I think it's hesukia. And it just means, uh, you know, stillness and, and quietness. It's, it's a, I think it's a feminine term in some way. It's just talking about humility, that's all. It doesn't say that women shouldn't speak at all until spoken to it's talking about in the in the position of in a congregational environment uh, there is a particular order that ought to occur within the body of christ within the local congregation but it doesn't say that women can never say amen like stephen l anderson i don't know if you guys know who he is he takes a very extreme position that i vehemently disagree with his, he says that the women, he doesn't allow women in this church to even say amen when he's preaching. Like, if they say amen, like, in agreement to... Did you just get a call? Did you just get a call? Oh, I don't know. I just went silent. Yeah, he did. Okay. The first Corinthians thing, I don't. I had always been taught that that was specific to the Corinthians because there were marriage troubles in that church, that this was not prescriptive for all of, uh, that women cannot speak in any church, that it was an issue the Corinthians were facing at the time because the women were quarreling. And so he said, don't let them quarrel in the church. Let them go home and ask their husbands because that was, that was a problem specific to them. Um, well, I, I don't think it was about quarreling so much, but it's uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 34, and 35. Yeah, Paul yeah. instructs. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, maybe your translation says something different, but um, I'll wager no. Um, anyways, <laughs> but it says, Let your women keep silent in churches, for they are not permitted to speak. They are to be in subjection, as the law also says. Um, so there's the law. Um, 
if they want to inquire about something, let them ask their husbands at home um, for a disgraceful for a woman to speak in church. So are you thinking instead of like quarreling, like like when you say quarrel, I'm thinking like they're having cat fights in church. But it, it was my, my understanding that, you know, basically the pastor would say something and the women didn't understand. So they're having like, you know, it's like every time your husband um, tries to watch a movie with you and like as it's explaining what's going on, you're asking your husband and you're like, Hey Chad, what's going on? Who is that person? Who is that person? And he's like, hold on. They're about to say it. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. They're about to say it. Just watch the movie. Like, <laughs> come on. That's funny. Every woman ever does that. Is my wife still here? You do that too. Um, like how you're watching a TV show or something and, and they're asking you what's happening as it's happening. And, and it was, it's distracting. Right. So like, as my understanding, something like that was happening in the church. So, um, the, you know, the preacher was saying something and the woman's like, well, what, explain this. What's he saying? What's he saying? And it would be akin to, hold on, hold on, just listen to what the pastor's saying and save your questions till the end of class, right? Or save your questions till you get home because it's distracting. But I was thinking in 1 Timothy 2, 11, 14, let a woman learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or have authority over a man. She is to be in silence for Adam was formed first and then Eve. So, so there's one reason. It's not even about who sinned first yet. It's about who was technically created first. If Eve was created first, maybe that would have said something different. But for Adam was formed first, then Eve, and then, reason number two, Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Um, so first order of creation and first one to sin, or, or first one to be deceived. Adam sinned, but it seems like deception plays a really big part there more than just sin. Anyway, but I mean, those those are the reasons. Um, and, and then for like the um, I'll, I'll, last thing, I'll shut up. Um, a lot of people glom onto that for why they also can't be pastors, and they completely miss the point. Like the pastor qualifications are in Titus, but as far as what we're talking about now, it's the Corinthians and Timothy one. Did he cut out? The, this isn't church. Oh. This isn't church stuff. You don't have to be silent. <laughs> okay, listen. Um, so I've got questions. Says this. Um, taking a first, a closer look at first Corinthians 14, we see the overall concern is orderly assemblies in this passage. The church of Corinth was noted for the disorder rampant in the assembly as noted in verse 33. It seems that everyone in the church service was participating whenever and however they desired. Those with the gift of tongues were speaking simultaneously and no one was concerned with interpreting what was being said. Those with the supposed revelation from God were shouting out randomly, even if what was said could not be heard above the din. And apparently no one was evaluating what was being offered as prophecy. The meetings in Corinth were characterized by chaos, and no one was being edified or instructed. See verses 5, 12, and 19. To remedy this, Paul instructs a number of groups to be quiet at certain times under certain conditions. And then the examples, verses 27 through 28, those who would speak in a tongue must keep silent. 29, a prophet must be silent if someone else has the floor. 34, women should keep silent to show proper submission. Um, so it says 1 Corinthians 14, 33, and 35 appears in a very specific context. Most of 1 Corinthians chapter 14 is a discussion of tongues and prophecy. The immediate context of 33-35 is the evaluation of tongues and prophecy, and women are to be silent within that context. So that drives that, what I had understood. Yeah, yeah, th Help me out, guys, because uh, I've heard this for years, uh, and I, I still don't buy into it yet. You know, Every time somebody says about that passage about a, uh, the reason why Paul said about a woman keeping silent, they they, they always come to this, this story about a woman speaking out of turn uh, out loud in the congregation while the pastor is preaching. And then that's why Paul came up with this ideas, you know, for saying this in the scripture. Um, but I often challenge people who say that 
to where in the context does it say? I mean, I I understand that hermeneutically you could probably come to this conclusion, but we don't really know that based off of the context in and of itself. It, it seems I, to me that it is a cultural thing rather than I, some sort of remedy to keep women from doing this. From now on, uh, this is what we're going to do because women can't keep their mouth shut from talking to their husband across the room, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I, think I just going to help me out. I, I, yeah. I think it's going to be extra biblical research, like extra yes. biblical, like, like research into the times, into the cultures. Like what, what do you, what's the um, word for that? Uh, and uh, and anthropologist is that who like some of these ancient peoples and times like it would be like anthropology or something like that where it's mm. because yeah the context in the bible says what it says but then you you know you get into like jewish culture and and things like that and that's probably where a lot of that is going to come from but i think we're on the same page i mean like even when i read that um most of the arguments is in relation to like um holding positions of authority and like you know being pastors right. or, or whatever so i, I mean like I, I don't have any problem. I don't really know. I, I actually don't know anyone off the top of my head who would have a problem with like a woman jumping up and like giving announcements. Like it, it's not saying like women can't speak, but I, right. I think we all, we all default to what Steph read about, you know, the context is the it's to be done orderly and there's a lot of stuff going on and don't disrupt the, ser, uh, the service to ask uh, husbands. And again, that would be the culture and that would be the time. So perhaps if the Bible is written today and there was some, uh, you know, woman who is like highly educated, knew exactly what the pastor was talking about. And the husband is like a new convert, a new Christian, has no idea what's going on. And he's like, hey, honey, what's this mean? What's this mean? What's this mean? And the pastor's like, hey, you, Timothy, you man, <laughs> wait, wait to speak. The women are the ones who go to school in this culture. They're educated. Uh, you men, uh, well, I guess it would, maybe it would be a woman pastor. I don't know. Anyways, um, but <laughs> you, you men, wait until you get home. Stop disrupting service. Wait till you get home and ask your wives because that's the culture in the times. So um, th th I think the point is orderly service, don't distract. Um, and then you get to the pastor stuff. But I mean, everyone I know, even that thinks women shouldn't be pastors, whom we all are them, um, doesn't, wouldn't have a problem with like a woman jumping up and be like, hey, and here's the announcement. And, you know, don't forget, uh, you know, parking lot's a little crowded, use the overflow lot. And, you know, there's potluck at two. <laughs> um, like, I've never heard anyone be like, no, women cannot do that. Um, it's only when like authority is assumed and, and something like that is held. Um, right. You agree with that, Steph? Let, let what? Me... Yes, I agree. Yeah, sure. Yeah, whatever you said. <laughs> okay, that's good stuff. In person. Okay, I want to piggyback off of that. Uh, again, the word usurp is used specifically in the same <laughs> passage I brought up before. First um, Timothy 2, it says, uh, verse 12, but I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. So I want to focus on that word usurp. I mean, we all here knows what know what the word usurp means that means that you're against um against direction against command against permission you are hijacking a, partic a particular position of authority okay and you're doing it deliberately mutiny and so i think the reason why paul is using that ver that word specifically and this is my opinion you guys uh, correct me if you if you disagree uh is that i think there are some cases since we do see cases of women in scripture acting as prophetesses. Um, I think there are some cases where God might use a woman temporarily as some sort of uh, authoritative position amongst a, a group of people or a body of, you know, a body of believers, because there's no man who's able to teach or who's been put in a position yet to, to be that position of, of a teacher. Um, 
I, I believe that. I believe that God could use anyone he wants to bring somebody to full understanding of scripture through teaching or, or, or ministry. But until then, you know, I, I think until then there should be a man that's being taught or that will eventually uh, raise up to take the position that uh, of, of pastor or leader of the congregation. Well, and then maybe that woman should then step down. But you usurp means that you're deli- you're doing it uh, outside of context. You're doing it against scripture. You're doing it against uh, another authority well, that well, has been given to you. Go ahead. Yeah. The, the, yeah. This is all in the context of of the church body, right? So, um, and it also doesn't say anything against you know women being prophetesses. Like this is like like this whole context is in the church body, in the church building, the church gathering during service. So if it's not that, like, you know, if a woman can, you know, can be a prophet, yeah, we have those prophetess, whatever, go, go do that. Um, but you typically don't have a lot of prophets like giving oration and like prophecies during a church service, like, you know, like church structure, yeah, church time. Yeah. It's like, it's like, this is the domain of the pastor. If you're a prophetess, well, go in the street and prophesy, do what prophets do, go to a mountain and, you know, uh, part the Red Sea and stuff. Um, so, so the domain of prophets usually, um, as far as I'm familiar with, don't have a lot of prophecies going on in regular um, church structure and church service. Um, so I would say that. Steph, uh, you are very familiar with the term usurper. Um, do you have any thoughts? Um, I'm sorry. What did you mean by that? <laughs> sorry, I'm not, I, what? Never mind. Uh, y'all, my baby was playing with the toilet. I ran over. I had to come back to my phone. What was? Can you sum it up? I, uh, I, he was focusing on the word usurper, and I said you had you you had some knowledge about that. Oh, I do. She earned the title as a female usurper. Yes, that is my uh, role in the Discord server. Are you on Discord? I feel Vickle? no conviction about it. Click click that link at the top if you're not on Discord, Vickle. All kinds of fun and shenanigans are had there. Yeah, everyone click that link. It is fun. I like this channel. I like this server. Don't go to the Catholic safe space for Catholic discussions. It usually happens in memes now where the, the Catholics are arguing with us, you know. Yeah, they, they can't take over the meme channel. Like, that, that needs to be for a pure channel of sketchy memes. But then they'll post a Catholic meme and I'll laugh and then someone, <clears throat> Pastor Mark, will be like, well, actually, I'm <laughs> Man, they do it to they do it to him too. I mean, I can laugh at the Catholic ones as long as it's not like too bad against against us dirty Protestants. Um, I mean, I can laugh a little, but um, goodness, man, they're they're like have a hair trigger. It's like I post one thing about the Queen of the Universe, and uh, man, I get like a dissertation copy pasted to me. Yeah, the Discord is fun. Everybody join. It's good fun in there. Well, let's see. What's next? Did you get the peach when you did you get the peach when you welcomed the new person? Oh, you got the peach. I hate it. I never check to see which one it's gonna be. Oh, you can tell which one it's gonna be? Yeah, it shows you a little icon like of you know of which one you're gonna get if you tap it. Oh, and you can't choose? It's just it shows you what one? Yep, so if I want to say hi to somebody and it's the peach, I have to decide if I like them enough to give in to that stupid peach. Hate that peach, man. Oh, that's that's funny. 
<laughs> so like does your hate for the peach outweigh your your love for welcoming new people that's funny sometimes it does yeah that's like the, that you know they're trying to do this like a sick um trolley problem yeah well that's i think it is very uh, who who did i uh yeah it was natasha so i like natasha very much so i had to click the peach. <laughs> oh that's funny All right, I brought some good questions today. And actually, actually someone asked in, in Discord one of the questions, but I, I brought some content today. Don't leave me hanging. This is too early to quit. I'm, I'm only halfway through my Fortnite quests. What what other awesome topics do we have? All right, I'm going to do the, the humor in God one. Humor in God? Oh, Ooh. okay. Yeah, that sounds interesting to me. Okay, so studies, uh, there's an entire Radiolab episode about this, whatever, whatever, people who study comedy. It's okay, honey. People who study comedy uh, have talked about how comedy requires surprise. Now, Pastor Mark said something interesting to this in Discord. He said, not all types of comedy require surprise. Uh, but usually, if you are watching a movie or a comedian or something, there's like an, an unexpected comment is crucial to humor so can god have a sense of humor if he knows everything or if god does have a sense of humor isn't that a great defense for middle knowledge go okay i would say first of all i can defeat this with a joke <laughs> how do you make god laugh tell him your plans done done <laughs> that is funny um <laughs> yeah so it is true that, you know, there's an element to surprise to some, but not all. I, I um, you know, I, I agree with Mark on that. Um, because, and, and also, like, surprised by who? Like, if you set a whoopee cushion out for you, you're going to be surprised. But that doesn't mean, you know, I'm going to be surprised. I know exactly what's going to happen. And I know when it's going to happen. The moment you sit down on it, I'm like, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. And I know it's going to happen. And then it happens, and we all crack up laughing at you. Um so I mean, if there is an element of surprise, it also okay, doesn't mean God has. Okay, but you're laughing at the reaction. But, but, but God doesn't Not have. Well, 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 we're laughing at the surprise of someone, which I was going to say. Even if there is an element of surprise, it doesn't mean God is the one that has to be surprised. Hmm. But there's also, but there's also comedy that I would say doesn't take surprise. Um, but but let's just grant that and say, um, you know, com or humor does take a level of surprise. Well, sure. Let's just grant that and say, well, God also doesn't have to be the one who is surprised. But then could an omniscient God who knows everything that will be ever laugh? <laughs> like, I've laughed know. at people sitting on whoopee cushions a lot. I'm, I'm laughing right now thinking of who I can buy a whoopee cushion to do it to. Like, but you're never, not. You're not never get thinking old. of the sound of the whoopee cushion. You're thinking of the. You're imagining the face of the person who gets whoopee cushioned. But like, I know you, the. But, but but I know the face of the person. It's gonna. They're gonna get like red and embarrassed and ashamed and it's gonna no, be hilarious. Wife, dude. I, I know. So <laughs> That's who I can do it to. I'm gonna get a whoopee cushion. Do it to her. I'm gonna tell my Maybe. kids it's gonna be hilarious. I'm gonna make a video and I blame you, it on you. You wanted. You wanted those toilet humor guys, aren't you? <laughs> Not you, usually, you but funny, you got a funny that's funny. For, for fart style. Yeah, no, I hate that. that. Oh my gosh. Okay, you know Jim good. Brewer? Everyone loves Jim Brewer. Um, apparently now he's like conservative and like his, his wife's a Christian and he's like, I thought he was a, a Christian, but after hearing him talk, I guess not. 
or his journey is very long. But I cannot stand him. Like, if he has a moment of lucidity where he's, like, talking like a normal human, he's like, oh, yes, I did this today, whatever. I'm like, oh, he makes some pretty good points. Oh, I like what he's saying. But anytime he goes into his comedy bit, I cannot stand it. It's the most stupid, low-brow humor, the kind I'm just endorsing with whoopee cushions. Maybe that's my exception. But it's like, I'm like, you're just making ridiculous noises. Stop it. Stop it. But, like, millions of people crack up and laugh. I'm like, maybe I don't have a sense of humor. But no, I, I like more like dry, dry humor, dark humor stuff, yeah. stuff like that. Um, yeah, except yeah. whoopee cushions. My, <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. Some, some people, there are a lot of people in this world that just have a funny bone for that stuff. Uh, hey I, Google, I know... put whoopee cushion on my shopping list. Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm doing that. I'm going to record it. I'm going to tell my kids we're going to video video record my my wife sitting on it. I'm going to try to catch her, and then when she gets mad, and it's all over the internet, I'm going to make Steph gave me this idea. Her oh, name is Lisa, right? Lisa, I'm so sorry. I, if you ever hear this, Lisa, recording, it was not, let's let's not get me in trouble. Oh, I'm sorry. But wait, Nature wait. I also, I also don't want to dox her, so I'm not going to say her name. But okay, okay we'll just say Lisa. Lisa, we'll just say Lisa. <laughs> Nate's wife, Lisa, who is totally his wife. Uh, I'm so sorry that this happens. <laughs> we'll call her Lisa Nate. <laughs> I'm going to wake up getting like beat with a pill in the middle of the night. Who is Lisa? Who okay, is so Lisa? I thought that was your wife's name because one time you got mad at me and you called me Lisa. And so I just assumed. It was, it's, it's, it's close. So maybe maybe that's what you heard. It, the, the name is close. I mean, there's only so many places to go from there, but it's, it's close. Well, Mrs. Nate, I am sorry that all of this is happening to you. I'm Mrs. Nate. You misgendered me. <laughs> Oh, Nate, we got to talk to you. <laughs> All right, this but is, here's this my is... argument, right? I think that Jesus was probably very funny. He probably had the best sense of humor ever, right? Probably, he was yeah. charismatic. People, like, this is not hard to imagine. I don't picture, like, a cold, uh, unfeeling, distant man. Like, Jesus was probably right. very personable, very charismatic, very funny. Um, and I imagine that Jesus, when he laughed at a joke, laughed in earnest. And so I, I think that this is a defense for middle knowledge. God invented humor. This is a gift God gave to us. Jesus enjoyed this gift. And I think it requires on some level, maybe not for all types of humor, but I think it requires that God knows everything that could happen, but chooses not to know everything that will happen. Therefore, things the apostles could have done could have still surprised him and been funny. I think Veckel and I agree in disagreeing with you. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, well, brother, this is maybe a little off topic. I, uh, brother asked me to read his last comment. Oh, he also said something about the smoking. He says if you're under 18, uh, that's a sin. Uh, presumably, if you're in a country where smoking uh, under 18 yeah. it, it is illegal, then that would be a sin because you're violating man's, go- man's laws, which do not contradict anything oh, God man. says. So follow your man- man's laws. So that's worth noting. Also, uh, if you believe the seven churches of Revelation are prophecies of the end times, um, our day— Jesus says he holds it against us that we tolerate that Jezebel prophetess. Oh, this is back on the other thing. Um, To me, this is the best reason to get get rid of your lady pastor. Pastrix. Sure. Yeah. Sorry I didn't read that in time. I don't know how long it's been there, but that was for the last topic. Uh, Back to... Well, yeah, I mean, I I guess there's nothing else to say. I mean, unless we just start fighting. uh... I mean... 
yeah, and I'm, James I'm, that I'm, says God knows all things. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, we just disagree. Yeah. That's so fine. what Crystal does that mean? Does that that's not a re refutation of middle knowledge? Middle knowledge is saying that God knows all things that are possible and impossible, all things that will and won't happen, all things that could ever possibly be. And so there's an element of when God is interacting with us, uh, there's there's the possibility well, that He chooses well, not to, you know. Well, well so real, real, real fast, Michael. Well, well, yeah, real yeah. fast. Um, okay, so um, you said all of that, and I will just say, um, you know, God knows all things. <laughs> well, you said yeah, God knows all things that could so, ever so, be known, that, could ever so, be. Yeah. So Go you're ahead. telling me that if God laughs at a joke. It's because he's never heard that joke before? No, I would say it's because God has chosen when he's interacting with a person, let's say. Let, and, and this is hard because I don't think God sat around and told jokes with Moses. So we're really sort of limited to Christ and the apostles, right? Let's right. say Christ, who who we would say knows all things, is one with the Father. Although it gets tricky because then there's a humbling during the incarnation, right? So uh, I don't know if there's any way to know this for sure. Well, but if we have well, an example of Christ sitting around having dinner with the apostles and one of the apostles cracks a joke and Christ laughs, it doesn't mean that he's never heard that joke or didn't possibly know that that joke existed. It's that he didn't, he chose not to know whether Peter was going to crack that joke or not. And when he did, it was funny. Well, this mm. makes me, th this makes me mm. think about theistic evolutionists, how, you know, they make, they, they try to make a compelling case but I just have like this hunch that one of the major parts that they may not admit is it gets them out of a lot of sticky conversations that rather not have with evolutionists at, just to like get them accepted. So they're like, oh, you're a Christian. Oh, you believe uh, you, know, you don't believe in evolution the way it blah, blah, blah actually happened. And they're like, no, no, everything you say about evolution is fine because I'm a theistic evolutionist. They're like, oh, OK, well, then. You just believe in fairy tale God, and I guess I guess that's fine because you don't deny science. Um, in the same way, I, I don't want to accuse you of this stuff, but um, would you say, like, through honest analysis, um, that that web that seems to be spinning about well, God knows all things, but He could totally choose to know all things that could ever be known and limit Himself just because um, to not know certain things because He totally chooses to not know them. That, that almost seems like a way to kind of deal with the problem of evil and, and kind of like a, oh goodness, I don't want to use this word, but it's on my head, like a, a coping mechanism to get out of those conversations um, where it makes God seem like a bad guy and to just not have the conversation like raw and bare. Would you say that describes your position at all, like 1% or absolutely 0%? What you say is what you believe. Um, no reason to shy away from any hard conversations or if you're honest like maybe just a smidgen it does help right to avoid some tough conversations is she on the phone oh my gosh she's on the phone during all of that oh man i hate when that happens yeah. okay she's she is a queen of the heretics all right i said it i called it i'm right um it's a it's a coping <laughs> mechanism just like the evolution i better get it all out before she gets back i see what you're anyway saying, yeah well Veko, do you do you say that because i mean it yeah, avoids a lot of the problem of evil because right, God's evil. Ah, it's like, well, God didn't know that was going to happen. He could have known, but he chose not to yeah. know. But he knows all things that could have happened, and one of those was a possibility. It, it just seems like a, a way to sidestep yeah. tough conversations instead of being yeah, like, yeah, God is yeah, sovereign. Nate, I mean, Nate, you know just you, – I'm sure you're very familiar, especially with me as a, as a so-called Calvinist. 
Uh, I face this kind of this argument all the time, you know, and it, it, me, uh, I was just talking about this too, about, you know, just being humble enough to say, listen, here's what the scriptures say. And then there's other aspects, other questions that are raised that I can't answer because the scriptures simply don't cover it. Or I might be ignorant of that particular area. And I'll just say, hey, let me point you to this person over here who might be more familiar with this area. Uh, but to me, I, I don't water it down. I, I have no problems pointing out, listen, this is what the scriptures say. We got Isaiah 45, 7, for example, with this guy that says he created good and create evil, light, create darkness, that kind of thing. We just need to let the scriptures say what it say, you know, and we can talk about uh, the context, you know, afterwards. Um, I, I don't try to make excuses for God and just try to say, uh, you know, well, you know, God didn't really do it or God, his hand, this is, his hand was high, tied behind his back. So he had to react this way. No, 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 no. No, let, let's just let the scripture say what it's saying. As far as the joking thing, and yeah, I, to, to me, that just doesn't make any sense that, that he would make, is he making them? I, I don't know. This middle knowledge thing is is weird to me. Um, I think he would laugh. If he laughs because, uh, as somebody put it in the side chat, it's because it's true. It's, a, it's, it's true, not because he caught God off guard or... Or that okay, here comes Nate. He's about to say a joke. I'm gonna make a choice to laugh at it right now. I, I I don't I don't know if that's how it works with God in God's mind. Um, but again, I, I would just simply end it by saying, let God be God. You let the scriptures say what it says about the nature of God and His actions, and that which is a mystery to us, you know, let it remain a mystery until God Himself chooses to reveal an uh, explanation for us. Um, that's the way I look at it. Yeah. Man, she's missing all this fire. So uh, let's also not forget Psalms 37, 13. But the Lord laughs at him, for he sees that his day is coming. So God already knows it, but he's laughing. Like, it, it, you don't have to wonder if he if he knows it. He's like, yeah, I know what's coming, and I'm laughing. And like, you know how the Lord scoffs at the wicked um, and people that think they're yeah. so wise Holds and stuff like that? Yeah. yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, you uh, know, Proverbs one twenty six. Then yeah. I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when fear overwhelms you. Yeah, yeah. God doesn't have a sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> the fool is said in his heart, "There is no God." And God's just like, "Okay." Was <laughs> <laughs> fun, man. If if Lou was talking, it'd almost be like the gang's back together. We just need Lou to speak and and Roy to to appear. You know what my 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 other question is uh, is it is it the example of the fall of our fallen state that we can't help but to laugh at certain jokes that you know let let's say rated R jokes you know we're Christians and we're trying to stay away from the garbage that's in the world but every once in a while we'll hear maybe a non-believer or we'll come across something on TV that just catches us off guard and we just like oh my gosh that was funny but that was terrible it was a terrible joke but. But it was so funny. I can't stop laughing. Like, is is that a what, what? What are your thoughts on that kind of experience? Is is that a bad thing? Because I find myself in that situation a lot late. <laughs> Probably, and you know, it's like when you see clips of like like uh, famous com comedians, and when you see clips of them, and and it's just like on a, like a commercial or advertisement, 
um, or, or like, a, you know, like a news report, right? And they play a little snippet. And it's like, oh, that's hilarious because obviously they don't have like any profanity like on, on, you know, like on the news or whatever. So they'll just give you a little snippet and it's like – and this happened recently. It, it was, uh, it was Dave, Dave Chappelle's um, – his new Netflix stand-up. And I'm like, oh, Dave Chappelle, man, I haven't seen him forever. So I'm like, oh, what does he say? And it was like, you know, a hot-button topic about like, uh, you know, LGBTPS stuff. Um, right. And, uh, and, and I'm like, oh, that is hilarious. And, you know, of course the news didn't say anything bad or didn't have anything, um, didn't have any profanity. But then I watched the show and I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, dude, it was like every other word is, is just like swearing and profanity. I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, I, I forgot. Like, that's like a, a lot of like stand up comedians. I mean, that's, that's like all they do is swear. And it's like occasionally yeah. they use some other words, but I'm like, I, I forgot like how awful it is. Um, yet I still watched it, you know, sinful man that I am. Um, yeah. But I, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I forgot how bad it was. And I guess it's always been that way. Like if you remember like Richard Pryor and George Carlin, like, you know, all the famous like comedians, um, they were hilarious, but oh my gosh, so much profanity. It's like, that would be like if an NBA star, um, did a layup just like that's their only move like all they did is just layup 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 it's like okay okay do you have another trick do something else do something else it's like all they do is like f f f f f it's like okay yeah. okay we get it do you know another word um i think it was uh jerry seinfeld or somebody uh a long time ago i want to say during the early 90s made a comment about uh some comedians that swear in their jokes and it, and i think they said that it, it's almost a form of it's almost like cheating, you know, because if you can't tell a joke without any swear words uh, and it's not funny, uh, but you have to, you know, couple it with a, a whole bunch of flurry of swear words, uh, you know, maybe maybe you're just not that great of a comedian. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think in some cases, if uh, some words, uh, I won't say permissible. I, I don't know what word I want to use, but it just seems funnier with that particular word used. But yeah, there are some comedians out there um, that just go too carried away, and I'm just, just, I just get really turned off. It's way too many, way too much profanity. Like Bill Burr, I like his jokes, man, but sometimes uh, he, he's just a little bit too much for me, um, and I, I don't want to spend the rest of my time listening to him wincing at everything that he's about to say. You know what I mean? So I can only listen to him for like a, a few, for a short time, and then I'll just listen to something else. Uh, one of my favorite comedians is. Uh, uh, I want to say his name is uh, Kevin Nealon. I think his name is. He used to be on Saturday oh, yeah. Night Live. Yeah. <laughs> on yeah. Front. Yeah. I watched him do a couple of stand-ups, and I love watching him. I, I think he only the only word he said was "damn." That's about it. Um, but the, most of it, like ninety ninety eight percent of the time, he's clean. You know, um, and he has some really corny jokes, but they're they're hilarious to me. I I like it. I think they're really funny, and I feel safe listening to him. Another Christian comedian. This guy named Jeff Allen, I think he is. Um, really, really funny guy. I love him, man. Just, you know, just, just standard, uh, you know, family type of humor. Uh, really, really funny guy. Fast paced. He's not boring. He's not slow. You know, um, really, really funny guy. I've I've seen him do the same joke over and over again on YouTube and other and videos. And see, you still laugh. And yeah, That's I, I still laugh. For Steph. I still laugh, yeah. So now there's other comedians who are the same. You know, they're clean, but they're not as funny. Um, 
and I think it's all about the the pacing and you know the pacing of the joke itself and the delivery, you know. So, and Jeffrey writes another one, the one who goes as, uh, you know, hey, he talks like this, you know, curly hair. Oh no, Stephen Wright. I think it's Stephen Wright. That's not Jeffrey Wright. Stephen Wright. You know, they always say, "Hey, ladies and gentlemen." Stephen Wright, and the audience would applaud, and then he gets up there, he looks like he doesn't want to be there. Yeah, but that's part of his shtick. He always has that look like he doesn't want to be there. Is he the guy and that has then, like the always has like the little drink with him and cigar or whatever? No, no, not in that. Oh. Um, you know, he, he's kind of he's got curly hair. Um, oh. He always looks like he's depressed. <laughs> and it's funny when they applaud for him, he gets on stage. He waits for them to finish applauding. He doesn't. He just stands there, waits for them to stop clapping. And then he says, thanks. <laughs> and then, so he has a lot of these one-liner jokes. Um, a lot of them, are, they're, they're corny. They're like good for like coffee table humor and stuff. Uh, but the way he does it, uh, to me, you know, comedy is subjective, I guess. I, I love the jokes. I'm not, they're not knee slappers to me, but I love them to death because I, I love really corny jokes. So, but he's clean. He's most of the time he's clean, you know, and uh and, and I feel <laughs> I feel safe uh, listening to his humor. Um, but then you got guys like Kevin Hart. Uh, he's he, personally he's not one of my favorite comedians, but he does have some knee slapper moments. Um, and sometimes those knee slapper moments do consist of some profane or some vulgar language. Um, so sometimes those jokes catch me off guard, and I'm finding myself. You know, cracking up on it, <laughs> but uh, it's not my usual go-to type of comedy, though. You know, me as a Christian, my again, this is Romans fourteen. It's my personal conviction, so I don't want to sit in front of a comedian who's going to curse all day. You know, that's just my personal conviction. You know, uh, yeah. <clears throat> and then yeah. when it gets like, I guess when it's like too like, you know, legalism. Which a lot of times legalism is, is like code for, hey, yeah. I just want to do this anyway, shut up. <laughs> but when it's actually legalism <laughs> and it's like, like, you know, hey, don't worry about yourself. Don't worry about your, you know, your, your brother. Like, you know, it's the Lord's servant. He can make him stand and he will. Um, but when it goes like too far, uh, like there's this one time I remember there's like this, this music church group thing I was in. And uh, it, it, anyway, like we, we followed each other on Twitter or, or this one guy on Twitter and stuff. And he, he seemed kind of like a. I don't know, kind of like a nerd. <laughs> I guess maybe I am too. But he was just like that kind of person. Maybe, I don't know, just very, uh, help me out. Um, what, what's, uh, well, I don't know. Like, awkward, very, maybe? Well, like, like very teacher's pet. Like, this is right. That's wrong. You're not doing that right. Oh, I'll show you a better guys, way. Yeah. I, let me show you how to do this. I, I'm one right. You're wrong. Guys. Ah, like, like someone like that. Um, anyway, so on Twitter, I was, I was in this like Twitter spat with someone, no one, it was just a random person anyway, but everyone, you know, everyone could see everyone's feed. So they were talking about, it was some political thing. Of course it was. Um, but they were, someone made a joke about sushi or fish and, or how something was bad or awful. And, oh no. and I'm like, well, at least it's not like, I, I was trying to reference an actual thing. You know how like the, the Japanese, like businessmen, like, you, you know, have like the, the, stripper model or whatever and they like you know put sushi on her body and like you know like that is the plate like they'll like use right. the, yeah the chopsticks like pick the sushi off her body laying on a table 
Um, right. I was trying. I was like, well, hey, at least it's not like that. Um, and I'm like, I'm not trying to be like crass or whatever. I'm saying it, it's not like they're doing that. Like that would be next level, and that's not what the guy is doing. Um, it, it was. I felt it was a completely innocent point, right? I, right. I wasn't even trying to get a laugh. I'm just like, I mean, I said it kind of in a funny way. I thought it was like, well, I'm like, well, hey, at least it's not like the Japanese guys, like you know, eating the sushi off you know a stripper at a table. Um, and I'm like, okay, there, that made the point. Um, but this guy out of nowhere sees it on his feed. He's like, you are vile. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm like, what? What do you mean? I'm like, was that bad? I'm like, he's like, you are vile. I'm like. Wow, that was uncalled for. But maybe it was. I don't know. But I mean, I I didn't feel Wait, convicted about it. Well, I'm like, I'm like, I was trying to make a real point. If you were actually, it's one thing if you're actually congratulating it. Um, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying do yeah. it. Don't do that. Don't do right. that. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like eat your eat your sushi on a plate like a normal person. Yeah, I I, I sometimes even on my live streams I sometimes uh, tell a little bit of a crash joke, you know, just to get a you know. I don't know. I guess see, see that's part of. I don't know if it's just a sin issue or fallen state issue. I don't know what you would call it, but it just sometimes feels some, somewhat appropriate to tell certain jokes that you wouldn't normally hear the average Christian uh, or pious Christian, I should say, uh, tell. You know, I you know as a black man, I I sometimes tell um, jokes uh, about black people on my on my live stream. Uh, you know, I might use the N word. Uh, on a rare, rare occasion. How many jokes have you told about Uncle Ruckus? Uh, uh, shoot. Well, uh, within that realm, um, many. Yeah, because <laughs> and mostly because I get teased about it. Because as a black man, I don't talk this. I don't have this stereotypical black, you know, um, ebonics language that uh, most people expect me to have. You know, because I'm a black man, so. You know, I have this thing on my live stream where every once in a while I'll do a report about, you know, black people being ridiculed by other black people. And it'll be a segment. I have this thick, this stinger, which a stinger, for those of you who don't know, is a little quick video to introduce a segment that you're about to talk about, you know. And the stinger I have is, is called uh, Help Me Get My Black Card Back. So... <laughs> <laughs> and one day, if you guys come to my channel, you'll see it. It's uh, it might offend some people, but it, I, me personally, I find it hilarious. Um, but it starts off with a uh, a guy saying, "You know what's the the two things that scare me? You know, what's the one thing that's worse than uh, an N word?" And then the other guy's talking to him and says, "What?" And then he says, two of them." And then it goes into a, you know, some some goofy music playing a black man crying and then it pauses and then it shows the black card with the revoke stamp over it. <laughs> and uh, so I do that as a joke because I'm always being ridiculed as being an Uncle Tom or Uncle Ruckus because of my stance against, you know, stereotypical black, uh, you know, negative things that are in the black culture, you know. <laughs> so, so, but, but again, going back to the main topic, you know, it, I use the, you know, the word, the N word is used in that stinger. Um, and I think it, it's, it's funny. I think, uh, it kind of throws people off a little bit. It's not meant to, uh, be abrasive or, um, or absurd, but to show the absurdity of, you know, people who I'm against it with regards to this segment that I'm about to do, you know, and, you know, it's kind of a funny thing. Um, I, <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know how many people have spit coffee out of their mouth when they first saw that stinger. Uh, you, you need to you but, need a link. Put, can you put your link in in the um the chat so we can all uh, we can all see it? Your, your yeah, I don't have an individual video of it by itself. Uh, I, I usually just pop it in when uh, during what my stream. So I'll 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 play it one of these days. Maybe I'll I'll I'll, I'll find one of my old videos and then I'll timestamp it so you can see it. But uh, yeah. It, well, you know, so I have a I have a little bit of a uh, a funny you know a, a weird sense of humor that like some some Christians might say, oh that's funny, but I don't know if I would. Well, obviously, I'm not going to be saying this stuff from the pulpit, you know, of course. But well, I, I definitely understand your pain. <laughs> like like yeah. I, I I definitely get that, and I'm that way too. And it, trying to figure out where to draw the line, right? Because uh, I mean, you can you can go to ab absurd proportions. So, like, you know, the Bible verse is, is like, you know, Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as it fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. It's like, okay, so basically, you know, secularly, if, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. But it's like, well, how, how often can we actually live up to that, right? So, like, in a perfect world, it's like, well, being the perfect Christian, that means we should sit in our house, like, just, you know, um, Pray nonstop, never see anyone, never use a telephone, because if we say like three words, we're not we're going to say something that's not building up, like not even talking about yelling or fighting or cursing people. Um, it's just saying if it's letting no, uh, you know, no corrupting talk like that's not even like a, a G plus joke. So so it's basically impossible. Um, and, and then so it's like, where is the line? Right. Like, obviously, you don't want to be like horribly crass all the time and stuff like that. But I mean, to be to be perfect, well, you're not going to be perfect, because um, James three eight ten tells us we can't be perfect. But no human being can tame the tongue; it is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord the Father, and with it we curse people made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessings and cursing, my brother. This ought not to be. So it's like, despite our best efforts, we're not going to live up to that standard all the time. Just like we're not going to live up to you know the other standards, which is why we need Jesus. But we also can't let that be a scapegoat and be like, well, Jesus knows that, you know, I'm not perfect. So, you know, F, 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 F. Um, I mean, I mean, obviously right. there's a line. Um, and I, I guess that line is different for each people, right? Like sometimes, like, you know, me and my friend, we talk uh, once a week or so. And we, we get into some pretty dicey territory. And every now and then I think, you know, this is this is funny. Like it, it's not sinful. Uh, but I certainly wouldn't say this from a pulpit at church. Um, and then every now and then, like, he'll say something or I'll say something like, was that too far? Like. That may be too far. Yeah, like, right, like, right. We need we need to walk back a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You and I share the, the, the same <laughs> type of uh, humor, and and I think, uh, uh, you know, every once in a while, I will see somebody say or do something, and then immediately the flesh comes up with a fleshly joke. Uh, but I don't say it. it; it pops into my mind, and then there's that Galatians five issue going on within me. You know, flesh against spirit. And my flesh is like saying, come on, man, this would be such a funny joke to utter out. Let me just do it just this one time. Come on. But the spirit is like, nope, 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 don't do it. You know, because you're supposed to be trying to witness to people. I know it's funny. Yes, it went, but spirit, even the flesh is like, come on, spirit. I see you giggling over there. And the spirit's like, you know, you know what? Hey, listen, <laughs> you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> you know, that's what, that's what I feel like is going on uh, internally when I have those moments. 
when like, oh man, this would be a perfect time to make this rated R joke. Because it's so funny, because what this person said or did just stirs up this, just opened up the door for this joke. Come on, just this one time. And sometimes <laughs> I give in. Sometimes I give in and I do it. Um, but it's usually if, if, if and when I do give in and do one of those rated R type of jokes, it's usually around non-believers. Okay. Um, so they'll catch them off guard. Some of them will be like, oh, I didn't expect that to come out of Beckles' mouth. <laughs> okay. That was funny. When, but when, you, when you say rated R joke, do you mean like, like the language used or like the topic is dealing with or both? Well, it's on his, well, well, both. Um, on rare, very, 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 very rare occasions, I might slip out a, a, a cuss word. Um, and immediately, and again, this is my Romans 14 issue. I'm not putting this on anybody else. Um, but immediately when I do that, I'm just like, ah, man, that was bad. I shouldn't have said that. You know, but then the other type of joke where it's not, it's it's rated R, but it's there's no cussing involved in it. It may be like, you know, some sort of sexual innuendo or something like that, for an example. I still feel just as bad, you know. So it doesn't matter whether or not I use a particular word or or a, a particular joke. Uh, you know, if it's against my personal conviction in Romans 14, you know, I, I definitely immediately uh, face uh, some sort of internal conviction. And uh, but at the same prior to that, obviously, I'm just you know, there's that battle, saying, "Oh man, this would be the perfect time for me to throw that joke in. It's so funny. It would be so appropriate." You know. Sometimes I give in. Sometimes I, I, uh, you know, sometimes I, I overcome. So, you know, like for sting, we're talking about stingers, for example, man. Do you know how many? I have so many ideas for little stingers that I want to do for the intros to a lot of segments that I want to do in my my live stream, but they're so outside of my Christian uh, conviction that I, I just can't do it. Well, not so that I'm that, afraid of people saying, come on, man, I thought you was a Christian. No, not, I'm not afraid of that. I'm just afraid of the internal battle. Like, uh, like being a good witness condition. or something like that? Yeah, and every time I look at it, I'm just like, why did I say that? I don't want to experience that every time I see myself do something like that, you know? So I just like, eh, you know what? Let me just stay away from it. And, and it's like, um, I, I have this friend um, who who is not, uh, really a Christian. He's one of the, uh, I, you know, I pray to God. I'm like, okay. Um, so, you know, not, not like a actual Christian, um, uh, by his own words, but, um, mm-hmm. anyway, we, we like make some music and stuff sometimes. And, um, it, it's, it's kind of funny. The, um, yeah, just to show you how I'm, I'm not like up on a high perch, I should just send, send you some of the songs you'll see real fast. Um, but it's hilarious. Um, like it's it, like, you know, we'll just come up with the most crazy stuff and like the invent these like characters, and it's it's like very politically incorrect. So it, it's like just making fun uh, of kind of like you know the, the political left and like woke people and like um uh, like what you were saying like you know the, the, a lot of like I, I don't even know it, it but it gets very it's not the kind of conversation and characters and lyrics that's going to build people up in the image of Christ. Let's just say that. Um, but it's like caricatures. So it's like funny. So, you know, there's this one song about like, you know, this guy and girl and, you know, some things happen and there's like chains and whips involved. Just saying. 
but it's 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 weird because I'm trying to differentiate. I'm like, well, it's not in a serious way. It's in a lighthearted, like funny way, right? Or when you're watching like a a PG movie or something, and it's like you know you watch in and like it, you you like someone walks in the door and there's like like a, a guy and girl they're like role playing and they're like chained up with like a leather mask and everything. And it's like oh, ha, ha, ha. but it's hilarious and it's like PG and like you know that's something a lot of church people would laugh at because right. of the, the scenario. But then if you go to like an R-rated version and you like, you know, like walk into a same scenario and it's not lighthearted or funny at all. It's very, very like, you know, serious and kind of grimy what's going on. It's like, Oh, Oh no, I don't, I don't feel good about that. So it's, it's trying to be like, well, right. look, that, that topic is hilarious to like make jokes about. Um, but it's not like we're uh, seriously advocating for this stuff. I mean, I guess we're considering adults in a loving married relationship, do what you want. Um, but I mean, you know, it's not like we're trying to like advocate like in a worldly standard, this is great and this is good. And, you know, like in a serious nature, um, but then are we just justifying it too much? But then no one can tame the tongue. So, you know, that's a Romans right. 14 issue. It's an internal struggle that everyone has to work out with fear and trembling. And here is Michael to tell us how just hit that pedal of the metal and go all the way because um, he doesn't <laughs> want his robes yet. <laughs> Hello, Michael. Michael. Sorry, go go all the way with what? Oh, like uh, language, humor, crassness, jokes, cursing, swearing, because none of it matters. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, they're 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 just words, and it and it's and it's very woke of you to be afraid of words like that. <laughs> the thing is, I don't pr I don't promote canceling anyone for the words they say. I don't want to do, do I. any. I don't want to take away anyone's ability to do that. Um, it is for my own self critique that there may be some jokes or lines of thinking or uh, scenarios that I would shy away from because it is not good for my conscience uh, or a witness before Christ. But if so someone it's wants to say, yeah. yeah, whatever yeah, words no. they want, let them keep their job. Yeah, Unless it's, bad it's funny. Job. Yeah, I, I agree with you. So, for example, I uh, I, I got in some, well, I, I wouldn't say trouble, but I had some <laughs> um, resistance from some people on Facebook because... I posted that I watched the latest Ricky Gervais special and I thought I it was hysterical. I think Ricky Gervais is hysterical. Um, I hate the language. And it just, it just, it just doesn't bother me. <clears throat> but, um, you know, it's like, uh, like I had one person come on and say, uh, you know, it's like, uh, I really like this special. And somebody came on and said, are you aware he's transphobic? And I responded with, I thought he was a comedian. Um, <laughs> and, 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 uh, and and the and the the response to that was oh is that your way of saying you're transphobic too and I just went you know it's time for you like I said just save me the trouble and unfriend me now save me the trouble for doing it to you like um, I'm not transphobic I'm Michael yeah and so it, it was just like I don't have and similarly there's another comedian named Matt Reif who yeah, Matt Reif, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah who's who's also he does a lot of crowd work he's very funny he's very politically yeah. incorrect. But he had a special, he had his, his first Netflix special come out, and a lot of people were up in arms about it, uh, about some things that yep. he, I don't even remember what it, like, it was so not a big deal that I don't even remember what it was that he said. It was, it really was. Yeah. And so, so he posted an apology to it with a link, oh. like basically, <laughs> oh, it's hysterical. He said, he said, here's a link to my full apology. And when people clicked on the link, it was to a website to buy helmets for people with mental disabilities. That's right. I'm forgetting. Yeah, that's right. And, and I, you know, it's like, and as someone who is a mental health care professional, I laughed my ass off at that. 
because <laughs> because he's he is a comedian. Like all he's doing, like and I'm I'm reminded of other people, like Sam Kinison, who you know who oh, who died oh. who died many years ago. I th- I thought Sam Kinison was absolutely hysterical. He said his his humor was not for everybody. He is somebody he would get canceled so fast today. He wouldn't even take the stage before he got canceled. Um, but he said something during a he said something during a skit once. He's he got up and he said something, and a few people were like, oh, like a little bit freaked out. And he's like he's like, don't worry, they're just regular jokes. They're not going to hurt you. Um, and and I and no, I I don't go for this. Like I like if if someone comes out and says something that is overtly racist. Or, or like, and I'll, I'll take it this, the other step. If someone comes out and says someone that is overtly homophobic or something like that, then I will be like, you know what? I don't want to have anything to do with that person. But, but that's, that's my opinion. Like, and I will just take it with that. Like, I will not patronize that person. I would not go see them in concert. I would not do that. But if other people want to go do that, I, it impacts me 0.0%. I don't right. care. Right. Um, and, and. And, and that's, and I mean, that's just, you know, my opinion, but anyway, yeah, go, go pedal to the metal because words are just words. Get over it. I, I think, uh, yeah, within, yeah, within the body of Christ though, there, there, I think there should be a limit, uh, because of Romans 14. Uh, we, we have those passages there that says that we don't want to uh, cause a brother and sister to stumble. Um, some people are offended by that type of language. So I think within a particular environment, like the church, for example, yeah, we should, uh, <coughs> Yeah, either tone it down or don't use it at all. But I think outside of that, you know, hey, I'm I'm 100% libertarian on that on that issue. Hey, if you if you this is the type of humor that you like, you know, politically speaking, go on ahead and uh and, and listen to it. I don't think people should be canceled for the jokes that they make. Um, I I love comedy. Um, and as I, as I admitted to Nate earlier, you know, I I like all kinds of comedy, even. You know, a certain comedy that's uh, a little bit uh, absurd language-wise. Um, but if it's too much for me, and again, this is just me personally, if it's too much, you know, I have a personal, <coughs> you know, I just like, ah, okay, this is too But I'll give a perfect example. Um, I used to listen to a lot of female, uh, black female comedians. There was a, 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 a stand-up show called The Queens of Comedy. And it was just a lot uh, of noise going on back there. Oh, yeah, sorry. I it, yeah, I yeah. forgot to mute. Was that is that the one of the ones oh, with Sykes? No, it's me. Is that one of the ones? Uh, I don't remember. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, I know Monique was one of them, uh, and then there was some other women. Uh, they were they were all unfunny to me, and the reason why is because it seemed like in order to make up for their comedy, they had to do an excessive amount of swearing, uh, an excessive amount. They went overboard with the sex jokes, overboard with the swearing. It was almost as if you know, we hear that term, okay, if you're a woman, you got to work twice as hard to, to be as good as a man type of thing. That's what, that's the impression I got with the entire show because the jokes was, they weren't funny. It, it seemed like they're only funny. Remember I talked about how Jerry Seinfeld made that comment? Like if you're swearing in, in comedy, it, it's kind of cheating or something like that. Well, I felt like that's what they were doing in the show. It was just an excessive amount of swearing. And it, it just, it was a turn, it became a turnoff. And this is before I became a Christian too. You know, I just like, okay, I, I want to hear some funny jokes that don't require 90% of it uh, being filled with, uh, covered up with, with cussing and stuff, you know. And it almost seems like once one comedian was done, the next comedian came up and she pretty much told the same kind of joke. 
you know, but oh, my man is good in bed, and you know, oh, he got it. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, it, it was it was the same kind of joke over and over again, and I just got it, I got tired of it real fast. I didn't well, even finish watching all the things. Well, it's kind um, of it's almost like it's almost like the unnecessarily graphic and crass version of like fart jokes. It's like it just doesn't appeal. Yeah. Like even like not even talking about being a Christian, it just doesn't appeal because it's like so it's like jumping the shark. Like so much because it's like if you just make stupid fart jokes and like stupid sounds like it's like that that's my kid can do that it's just, yeah, it's right, exactly like, like I mean millions of people love it and I'm I'm the one with no sense of humor but that that's how it is so it's like if you make like you know more like high brow jokes things that make you think a little bit intellectually it's like you know you can still joke about like you know BDSM or like you know beating people with whips or whatever if you do it in like kind of a a, a more I don't know sophisticated less disgusting way but if you start like describing with like you know just like gutter speech it, it goes to like prison humor and I'm like yeah when when I learned those words as like a teenager yeah we use those words a lot too because we were dumb kids and here we are like you know like middle of our life adults and some of them are still using the same speech we used when we were kids. It's like, did you not elevate any of your vocabulary or whatever? And then here I am being the fuddy-duddy party pooper again. But it's like, there's a way to say things that, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, we're, we're, I think we're in the minority, Beckle. I, I mean, a lot more people like fart jokes than I guess what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like, one of the, like, I, I'm, I'm a massive Monty Python fan. And... I mean, yeah, uh, granted, they're not everybody's cup of tea either. Uh, I think they're hysterical. I like the um, Holy Grail. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are some like Jabberwocky, not great, um, but you know, Faulty Towers, all that other stuff, which is kind of pre-Python, but um, all that stuff, super funny. But um, they're able to do like even some of the feature films that some of them were in, like uh, John Cleese was in A Fish Called Wanda, which was like just so 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 funny. And I think there was only like three or four times that anybody swore in that movie. And like, so you can, if I think, I think if you're really smart, you can be funny while minimizing the amount that you swear. But I don't, but I personally don't think that that swearing takes away from it. Um, but yeah, and that's funny. Like there are some female comedians, like, like I said before, Wanda Sykes, I think she's hysterical. Amy Schumer. So funny. Um, but uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah, you know, again, not everybody's cup of tea. I mean, I wasn't even talking about, like, like swear words. I I think that that does it, too. But I was talking about, like, when he was talking about, like, you know, sexually graphic stuff. Like, not even, like, swear words, but you're you're being, like, it's just, like, gutter speech. I I don't even know, like, I guess, like, describing, like, sexual acts or whatever. So not even, like, swear words, but, like, the the words you're using are so, like, you know, just gutter. That's all I got for it. but I, I'm reminded of like a Big Bang Theory episode, which, by the way, doesn't really swear. Funniest show ever made. I will die on that hill. That is the funniest show ever made. Um, but one of them, Sheldon's like, um, someone says something about swearing, and they're like, "You never swear or whatever. You don't like. You don't even have to swear to do that." And it's like, it turns out you can hurt people just as badly without swearing. Like, <laughs> that's hilarious. I mean, it's for the wrong reasons, but it, that made me laugh. Okay. I got one more Fortnite game, then I gotta go. <laughs> Just give me one second. Uh, what are we talking about? Remaining sin? Is that part of a different conversation? 
Um, the Bible says when we do things we don't um, do, 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 do. Michael, you got anything to finish up with? Just give me one sec. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, he's talking to Michael, but yeah. Or CEO, what's up, CEO? You've joined hey. just in time to leave. <laughs> oh, I got like five right. minutes. Okay. What do you want to say in five minutes? We've, we've had a great discussion today. What was the best thing you guys discussed? I will read the list. So we have smoked about, smoked about, <laughs> we have spoke about uh, Acts 15, the whole chapter. So why don't we have to keep the law? It's not just because Paul talks about it. Peter does too in Acts 15. It spells it all out. Then we talk about is smoking a sin. Then we talk about sexism and silence with Steph, uh, women, you know, pastorixes and all that stuff and, you know, that. Uh, then we talk about middle knowledge and can God laugh because um, does, does laughter or does humor require surprise? Um, if so, then if God knows everything, how can he be surprised? Um, therefore, God knows stuff because God can laugh. Or God doesn't know stuff is why you can laugh. And that's and now we're talking about like a comedy and, um, you know, Christian clean comedy and Christian speech, like no corrupting communication come forth from your mouth, which is way, way higher bar than just don't cuss. Um, yep. Pick your poison. Uh, don't have anything yet. <laughs> so. All right. Michael, last chance. Are you there? Oh, Michael. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm heading no. out. Um, yeah, thanks for uh, hosting the room again. And uh, yeah, good good conversation. Michael's always a pleasure to see you. Yeah, it's good, good to see you, too, man. All right, take care. Yeah, I, I think it's, um, I, I agree with you uh, about uh, Drew Carey. I think he's hysterical. Um, did you ever watch who, Whose Line Is It Anyway? He's talking about Drew Carey. I thought you said Drew Carey was one of the funniest comedians. You said you'd die on that hill. No, that Big Bang Theory is the funniest show ever oh, created. Oh, Big Bang Theory. I thought you said Drew Carey. Because uh, okay. it sounds so similar. That isn't <laughs> even close, Michael. Like, that's no, not I was even also, the same area code. I was pay, I was paying attention to four different things. So I but uh, yeah no. Uh, do, do you think Drew? Okay. Do you think Drew Carey's funny? I man, I, I only remember him from way long ago. I, I don't even. I, I only remember who he is, and he was the host of The Price Is Right after he was already funny for something else. But I I, I don't remember a lot about Drew Carey. Is he still alive? Oh yeah. I, yeah, I I don't have a lot. I, I don't remember much, but. Big oh, Bang what Theory. Do you, guys... do you agree with that? Can we agree with that? Funniest show yes, ever made? That show is well not funniest, uh, but up there. Top yeah, I mean, seven. yeah, yeah, Top maybe seven. not maybe not funniest. Yeah, I'm not sure what I think the funniest show I've ever seen is. I mean, Big Bang is definitely up there. It's very good. It's also very smart. Um hmm, that's a good that, that's a good question. I have to think on that. What's the funniest show ever? How I met your mother for me. Oh, that's that's it was okay, but that's that's. I couldn't watch it. Both. I that's found that unwatchable. My wife was right into that show. I I found it. I watched a couple episodes. I'm like, this is unwatchable. Um, it just seemed like just get to it already. Like, how does it take you ten years to come up with the you know the whole thing? Um, it it sounds like you know something you could have pop you know you could have run through in a mini in a mini series. Um, he, Nate, <laughs> did you ever hear his joke about uh, Jesus and the three day theory, Barney, on uh, How I Met Your Mother? I don't remember that. No. I, I had to force myself. Like, it was funny for a first few seasons, and then 
I was already committed, so I, I had to see it through, but I especially no, it got the a end, little just... lame at the end. So so I'm judging funniest not by like what was it consistently all the way through. I'm talking about like what show was funniest at its funniest. And I, I thought uh, the couple seasons of How I Met Your Mother was at its best makes it the funniest show. Oh, dude, big, big bang all the way. Like, I mean, I started watching Friends recently. I don't know how I never watched that show before, but someone's like, no, it stands the test of time. Just watch it now. So we've been watching it. And it's very easy to see how uh, Friends is definitely like a precursor to Big Bang Theory. I, I mean, it's it's like a little bit dated, a, a less funny version. But I'm like, okay, I see how shows like this spawned Big Bang Theory. I mean, that show that's just appealing in so many different levels. Like, you know, uh, gaming, science, history, space, like all, all these interests, uh, I, and apparently the rest of the world have, but, and comic books and like, they, they take all these like things that, um, not a lot of people, uh, like only, it's a very niche group that would have all these interests, but it's something that everyone can pick a couple that they're interested in. And they found a way to just be hilarious and combine it all together. Like superheroes, movies, like it's anyway. Yeah, no, I agree. Have you have have either of you ever watched Letterkenny? Yes, uh, that that that's um, that's up there. I mean, it's it's obviously lower budget, um, less cast, less stuff like that. But um, that that is very funny. I, I don't know where I'd rank that, but um, okay, my favorite. <laughs> I think my favorite Letterkenny episode is like when the um, what do they call them? Like the the goth like people dressed in black. What what do they call them? skids or something yeah the skids yeah like whenever that guy is like uh, he's doing like some kind of dance or whatever and it, it is the most like awkward uncomfortable like the, the, those people like the the skid group the the stuff they do it's like hilarious yeah for me it was it was one of the first we i like um i love shorzy the shorzy's hysterical um, but for me, it was the, it was the, like the second line from the first episode. Um, and basically, you know, it's like they, uh, the, the, the two, I can't remember their names now, but the two like hockey player guys drive over, drive over to, oh, uh, yeah. I think Wayne's guys in the Jeeps and stuff. Yeah. And uh, they drive over to Wayne's house and, you know, they, they jump out, uh, you know, they, they jump out of the Jeep and, um, you know, like Wayne says something and the two, you know, the two guys are like, oh, you know, something about like um, uh, something that was something that was not masculine. And 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 they're, and they're like, oh, you know, does that come in men's? And I won't finish <laughs> the next line. Um, I, I and, don't remember the next line, but I, I remember that part. Uh, can you give us a yeah. hint for the next line? Uh, yeah, I, well, I don't well, remember. Well, I can't give you a hint without without violating your room protocol. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, but just just go back. Just just go do a YouTube search for Letter Kenny season one episode one. Watch the first four minutes, and uh, yeah, it's hysterical. It was that and line. Like, it was that line that got me for the whole show. I'm like, oh my, and I just kept watching, never stopped. So good. And like the th- <laughs> the um thing with like the uh, the Mennonite people um like, yeah like yeah the, uh, the dicks yeah like how, how do they how do they talk um well yeah uh, they, how, they, however they, yeah, they, talk, however yeah, they, they do their accent like it's yeah the hilarious. pennsylvania dutch yeah that pennsylvania yeah. dutch yeah. 
Okay, and la- la- lastly, Nate, in, in 45 seconds, you if you're going to ever watch anything Marvel again, just the last seven minutes of episode four of Loki and episode five and six, because the most important thing since Endgame happens in the series, okay? Um, I'm behind on okay. that. I gotta catch up on Loki. It's awful. Okay, even if you think it's awful, if you're just going to, if you want to not miss something huge, watch it for that purpose. Okay, okay, so the last seven minutes of episode four? Episode four and episode five and six, yes. Okay, and you're sure it's not like If you do not end up liking episode six, I will Venmo you three dollars. (laughs) Three (laughs) dollars? Did you say three dollars? Yes. <laughs> okay. You talk me into five. So, so, so where where does the actual where does the actual big thing happen? Like, I, I will watch. I'll, I'll watch like the last fifteen minutes of episode four. But but does like the does that the setup like does the actual big thing there's happen in like the last thing, of episode there, there, six? There, there's a there's a shocking thing that happens at the end of episode four, and then you know there's something that happens in five, and then the biggest thing, the biggest biggest thing happens that 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 changes the entire Marvel universe happens in episode six. Okay, so basically all the big stuff that's happened so far in the Marvel movies, um, you're saying uh, after Endgame. Um, instead of having to watch a Marvel movie, if you haven't watched Loki, you'll be lost. So, so basically, yes. after all the all the Avengers movies, um, once I watch this thing in Loki, then I'm all cut up to speed for the next like big movie or something like that. For Deadpool, yes, for Deadpool specifically. Oh, is that about to come out or? That comes out in May. That's the that's the only Marvel movie this year. Because <laughs> they're all so bad now. No, well, well, kind of, yes. So they basically decided to reset their whole creative direction. They postponed two films this year. They postponed multiple TV projects, so they're now putting out less content to make it higher quality. It's, I'm, man, they should just hire us. I mean, yeah, higher quality, sure. Quality's fine, though. Like, less, less preachy. Like, just, just, like, Michael, why haven't, oh, he left. Like, why haven't atheists joined this bandwagon? Like, they don't want Christians preaching at them. Why do they want Disney preaching at them? Like, preach less. Like, explosions, bullets, fighting, no woke stuff. Anyways, all right, man. <laughs> Good talk. I will, I will do this. I, I will do this and um, get back to you. So I'll uh, Thank catch you, you later. <laughs> all right, bye. <laughs> See ya.